Welcome to React Roundup, the podcast where we keep you updated on all things React related. This show is sponsored by Raygun and produced by two companies, Top and Dows and Envoy. Top and Dows is where we create Top and Dows to get top in pay and recognition while working on interesting problems and making meaningful community contributions. And Envoy is the risk-free way to expand your software and design teams. With Envoy, you can pay by by tasks. So you only really pay after the engineers and designers at Envoy have delivered and you have approved the tasks that they have done. In today's episode, we will talk about the UI libraries that we use. My name is Lucas Paganini, one of the hosts in this podcast, and joining me in today's episode are also the hosts, Chris Ruan. Hi, everyone. And Peter Osa. Hi, everyone. So this episode is actually a continuation of a previous episode that we have on the libraries that we generally use on our projects. But on that episode that I highly recommend you check out, we didn't have enough time to go into UI libraries just because we spent so much time talking about all the other utility libraries that we use and also what we use for testing and stuff like that. So in today's episode, we will try to speak more on the UI side of things and what do we generally code ourselves from scratch and what do we generally just get something ready-made to use on our projects. Or sometimes it can be a mix of both depending on how much time we have for a particular project. So Chris, uh, would you like to get things rolling? Sure. Yeah, I'll just mention two that I really like and I, I find myself coming back to in many projects. So the first one is uh, React Toastify. So that's uh, a toast is any of those, you know, those pop-ups that come in uh, and it's it's very configurable. So you can have them come from the bottom. You can have them come from the top and the side. Um, it works nicely on mobile too. And then you can, I really like how it's designed because you can extend a lot of the functionality. I mean, the the function, the options itself are very extensive. You can you can set the time. You can set if it's like permanent, like you need a user interaction to close. Uh, but even then, the author provides a way. Like here's how you add custom styles and things like that. So it's I I really like it as a library, and it it could be something potentially. I mean, if you wanted a really nice style, it could be something you write yourself, but. But I think for for something like that, um, where you 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 know you would need probably very special CSS for all those like those slide ins and stuff. Um, for me, it's just nice to use a library like that. Um, the second one, so I'm gonna mention here. I'm looking at at my project. Ah, yes, the for for drag and drop, uh, React Beautiful D and D. So it's React dash beautiful dash DND. And I believe it's the same. It's the it's written by Atlassian. So it's the very same drag and drop. If if any listeners or you guys know about Jira, that's basically the library behind uh the drag and drop functionality. And I, and again, like I it's amazing to me how simple they made what you could imagine is super complex, like dragging things, and then if you let go, it snaps back. Really, all it comes down to is you need to define, you know, you can imagine like it's called like a source div 
like where all your source items live, and then your target div where you want to drag to. And basically, I mean, there are some caveats to to how you have to write it, but overall, it's it's super easy to to make really uh, nice drag and drop stuff. So, cool, cool. All right, how about you, Peter? Okay, yeah, for me, I for your libraries, like you said, it has to suffice my go-to for toast and alerts. Yeah. Then next, I also um work with probably then depending on the project, I use um maybe um start components. So I use start component for like my design um library mostly if I want to build like a design system from scratch. So I work with star components and then there's still the occasional one of um shard CN which uses, um, I think, Radix UI. And yeah, there are so many um, variants on so many, um, so much. Um, I think I still also um, use um, the Drago browser, the DND, right? Yeah, for kind of the Drago API, right? So yeah, I I kind of mostly, I use them because they use the star components for design um, System. Then, if I want to kind of use like a custom design system that's been built, I use I use things like Undesign for like my UI, and then I still use. I think I've used most of the popular ones. I've used Chakra. I like I've used Chakra. I've used the Mountain. I'm also used the um, Ant Design. But Ant D is like the default because yeah. So I kind of got accustomed to it because of where I work. So it's kind of like the default for me, if I don't want to kind of build components from scratch or custom components, I just go and use Ant-D. Then Chaka as well. So it's just for like my pet projects. Like I have some little projects I work on, so I just use that too. And yeah, then I think that's just it for me. Uh, let me get into that a little bit because you, you mentioned that you use Ant Design when you don't want to start from scratch, right? But you also mentioned another library which is based on Radix UI. And um, I'm not super familiar with Ant Design, but I know that Radix UI is heavily, um, how can I put it, visual free. Like it allows you to, uh, at least from the understanding that I had about Radix UI, and I might be wrong, um, I believe it's very easy for you to change how a particular component looks like and still keep the functionalities of it. So basically, the there are, and I think this is an important distinction for us to clarify to the audience because there are UI libraries that are more focused on, on like really giving you the entire, uh, the entire component, like the functionality and the visuals. And there are other libraries, other UI libraries that they're more focused on solving the functionality pieces for you and allowing you to apply the visuals that you want. And when, when I mean functionalities, it also includes accessibility. So all the things that you would have to know in order to make your components accessible for people in different devices or even through voice control, uh, that would be handled by you and you would just go and apply the visuals. And there are other libraries that already do the visuals for you and generally, they allow you to customize such visuals in a way, but they are either more flexible or more rigid on it. 
Like some libraries only allow you to change the colors and stuff like that. And others really allow you to fully customize the entire uh, experience, the, the entire visuals of the of the component was still keeping the functionalities uh, that the library provides. So uh, I'd like to circle back with you too and kind of get your feeling on how much do you lean towards choosing libraries that are like, just give you the entire component or if you generally choose libraries that are just the functionality and then you come in with the with the visuals later. So yeah, just just starting with you, Peter, just because you just finished answer answering. So how is ant design on that and just going uh like even beyond ant design, your personal opinion on this paradigm? Okay. Yeah, so um for like um for ant design. But I love how UnDesign kind of make it's kind of very functional, right? So mostly, like if I want to use UnDesign, it's a highly functional framework. It has so many um, most of the UI components like the builds, like logic aspect. Oh, if you want the custom calendar, if you want certain things, if you want certain custom drop downs, like it's pre-built, right? So yeah, the I will, I will actually use UnDesigns for projects that I really don't want to focus more on the functionality like like for default things like for example i don't want to start maybe building like a custom calendar from scratch or something i would probably just use on design or it has some i think it also has some components like tabs and setting on um, tabs and um, tables right custom tables right so if i don't need to kind of maybe build them from scratch i think the basic feature of those tables on on design or tabs on there are kind of enough so at that moment, you will just be considering about only just maybe tweaking the CSS for your own design specification. Or you want it to look the way maybe the Figma designers kind of created for you, right? Mm-hmm. But then if I, for Radix UI and like for Shartian, I it's when I really want to go deep into like building the functionality. Maybe they are like, I, I just want to build it from like from scratch. And there maybe there are certain caveats, right? In, in the function, in the demands, like the uh, specifications, maybe oh, they want a calendar that does this in a certain format, and then I'll probably think about oh, to implement this in and design is kind of cool, but then it will require me to kind of do so much and so much adjustment. So rather than just doing that, maybe I should just maybe just to use it right. So it's just it depends on um the the scope of the work, right? So mm-hmm. I probably will use like. Components like anti-design, material UI, and charcoal UI for things like for projects that I know that kind of they don't have caveats or they don't have complexity to a certain level, right? Maybe business do not demand that oh they want this to be in a kind of a different way than the regular um, way the components are, right? So I just know that it's probably just CSS tweaking and changing colors or changing paddings or changing this and that, right? But then if it's kind of like a custom component that's highly functional, specific to maybe like a, whatever requirements were, was given to me, right? And probably maybe our design doesn't cover that. I probably will use some mm-hmm. shots here. So yeah, I, I understand what you thought you said about um, um functional. Yeah, there are a lot of frameworks that are kind of functional. This kind of focuses on giving you a lot of cost, like freedom to build it, to build, like to just build up, right? 
you could see even when we shot CDN, shot CMSL, we we get Radix UI. We also work with Tailwind as well. And I think um, Radix, um, we shot CDN, it generates the UI components for you. So you can actually go to the generated portion of your and tweak it to the way you want. Like if you want to add more functionality, if you want to extend it, maybe there's a custom functionality that your business um, specification is kind of bringing up. You could just adjust it from there. So yeah, I, I, I think it's just based on maybe the complexity of the work. I think that's when I use any of them. Both start components or chassis and yeah. But if it is kind of simple and kind of needs maybe the basic functionality, I'll probably use design then testing material you are as well and chakra you are gotcha how about you chris yeah so i have a confession <laughs> i haven't used an actual component library in a long long time and i i think that's due to me starting i mean i was using react very early and there were some component libraries and i ran into kind of what what Peter was mentioning is like, I think it was probably my fault. Like I, I had a picture like, oh, I'm going to be able to have like very cool animations and all this fancy stuff. But I think the one I was using is like, no, we're just going to give you like, you know, button and like drop down, whatever. So I've kind of, I kind of have like a hybrid approach typically because what I find is, is a lot of the time, you can accomplish, you know, 80 to 90% of what you need with just like the HTML tags, right? I mean, that does require that usually, yes, you, you would still need, I mean, it's no substitute for a styling framework. So you would still need like Tailwind or, uh, or Bootstrap. Um, but then usually, so I guess what I'm saying is I have, I have a hybrid approach. So I would have always, of course, like a CSS library. But then, you know, when I need something complex and like Peter was mentioning calendars or something like that, I typically kind of hunt around and, and look at what open source options are available and, and kind of kind of drop it in. But I will say, uh, Peter, I was looking at this this Radix UI and now I know where all these cool like these like newer startups and nicer looking startups uh, get their styles from. So I will I'm definitely going to look into this because I was actually thinking of the next project I build, I want to, I want to look like the cool kids. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, I'll definitely take a look at this. It looks really, really nice. Yeah. And that's one good thing of Radix, right? So I think that's what makes them um, Shatsi and um, I think Vessel uses um, Shatsi and um, Shatsi and what uses Radix. So that beautiful styling of Vessel in their dashboard, that look here, could actually just get that. One. So it's kind of simplistic and you can change that as well. That's the beauty of, um, of like those um, using shots here in the radix. You can really change and customize those configurations as you wish. And it works with tailwind. So I don't know, um, Chris, you're probably not a tailwind guy, but I think you could, you could also maybe hook it up with bootstrap as well. So it depends on how you're going to configure it. Yeah. So it's mm -hmm. actually very cool. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. Um, I'm actually with Chris on that. Like, I generally don't use libraries. I generally just code stuff from scratch. Uh, and it's generally because it's either too easy to do, like uh, buttons and stuff like that. And, and honestly, if you just organize things 
nicely from the get-go, then you're not going to see yourself reusing. Uh, you're not going to see yourself uh, copying and pasting much. Like, of course, if you just try to style your component, your buttons using CSS classes, then you're going to end up having a nightmare afterward. But if you actually isolate stuff into proper components, and it's just so easy to reuse them afterwards that I, I just don't see the benefit of, of going with the, uh, with the library for it because I find myself space, wasting more time to figure out how to change that particular component to fit what I want for my design than I would have spent coding the component from scratch. But that heavily depends on how fast we need to, to deliver the project and also how complex are the components that we're talking about because Peter mentioned a calendar. And in um, I have coded a calendar from scratch, but the product itself was a calendar. <laughs> so it made sense. <laughs> you know? okay. yeah. uh, so it made total sense to not go with a with a ready-made component. Like we needed the power to customize it to our needs. But if you were just like, hey, we're building this this project and we want to have a calendar here, but it's like this is not one of the most access uh, most accessed parts of the system. And it's it's really just a calendar visualization for for the functionality. So the calendar itself is not the focus. It's just uh, the data is the focus and, and, and the calendar is just one of the types of visualization. Then yeah, sure. I'm probably just going to look for, for a ready-made component because coding a calendar from scratch is not easy, especially mm-hmm. if you consider all the different time zones that you got to support and, and drag and drop and everything. Then you just realize that that in itself is an entire project. But if you don't have stuff like that, it's just uh, like the most complex component is going to be a drop down with submenus. Then I don't know. Like I never felt that this was really uh, like okay. This is way too complex. Let's let's bring a, a library for it. But that being said, I always really like the idea of getting libraries that would provide the accessibility and functionality. And then I could just um, work on top of that and provide the the visuals. So I really like the idea of looking for stuff like that. It's just that thus far, we haven't really needed that. Uh, And it might just be because we kind of got to a point where we kind of have our internal library for that sort of stuff based on the the things that we built before. Um, But... I think it's highly interesting to look at what those uh, other libraries are doing, but I don't know. I'm just haven't yet found something that was kind of like tailwind in terms of market adoption. You know, I, I wouldn't recommend people to look into library X and then you find yourself two years from now in a situation where this has been deprecated and like now the the new thing is library Z. So I'm I, this can happen to any library, you know, but I haven't yet noticed any of those libraries that are more flexible. Of course, like mature design is super stable to use, but it's not very flexible, right? To, to provide your own 
uh, UI. So maybe Radix is already uh, stable enough that we can advise people to use it, but I'm not sure because I haven't used it enough. And I'm not sure if there are any other libraries other than Radix that provide the same thing, but are more popular and thus less susceptible to being replaced by a new kid in the block. Yeah, I think that's a good point because I remember, you know, when I was starting out, you you think you tend to think you need some sort of complex library just for something like things like layout and and really the design itself. And I think it's my recommendation would be to learn, you know, some <laughs> as much as I know people dislike CSS for all its weird rules. It's it is worth it to learn some basics. I mean, you you would be amazed. At least I was amazed just how much you can do with something as simple as flex, right? Like a flex box and all that. I mean, so and once you know kind of the what all of those special classes in Tailwind or Bootstrap are doing behind the scenes, I think that's already a huge leg up. And then and then you can start getting into these these frameworks. That that in turn are also using those all those uh, concepts in the background, right? So, yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you as well. Right? So, like, I think when Chris, um, I think there was something Lucas said. Lucas said about um, maybe using these libraries, for example, for things like calendars, right? So, the thing is that a lot of us kind of forget that there is like a default de facto calendar, which is the HTML input type. Calendar. Um, that's that's just it. I I really don't know why. Maybe um we don't. Many people don't like using that default one behind the for Maybe it's due to design specs. But then I think CSS and HTML kind of gives us a lot of like they've made a lot of things available for us. So I, I like I I really can't process doing layout with a library when you can just do with CSS. At most, maybe you're using a library, do something like maybe Tailwind that gives you like utilities for those things simple level right like low level utilities right so but not like maybe using things like oh maybe for example in material you are you're kind of writing like a whole column like i don't know as a component and then using that to build um like a um, layout like i don't know if you use like overkill because at the end of the day you could just use a simple flex and that would just or a grid and that would really address that so but yeah if I want to encourage a lot of you to use your library. I, I just focus on using your libraries for the complex aspect, like things, for example, like calendars or utilities you feel that will take time to build, right? Mm-hmm. That I'm using them for like fundamentals. I think fundamentals, you could just use CSS and HTML. And you're good to go. I don't really see a need of maybe going to their low-level layout, using their low-level layout from APIs for that. You could just use maybe things that are a bit complex, like, oh, you could use their libraries. For example, you, you don't like maybe creating your own tabs. You could use their own tab components. It's easier. The, the, all those things, right? Things that are a bit, mm-hmm. yeah, but not for layers, not for certain things, right? Kind of, yeah. So I think that's just my own idea on that. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it all it all depends too, because like sometimes, unfortunately, as developers, we don't have a choice, right? Like some guy... And and there is things to be said even for these frameworks. Like you do get a nice unified feel for the app, right? So, I mean, you can go either way. Like I, I don't want to 
I don't want to put any framework or any way of doing things down. It just there's all these, you know, there's things to consider of how how to use each of each one of them. But. Yeah, yeah, but you do consider that some of those frame, some of those frameworks kind of have like learning curves, right? Yeah, yeah, there are frameworks, yeah, but there are learning curves. You need to also kind of like for me personally, right? Like I material UI is kind of like the one with the highest learning curve, right? Because I use that on. For you to do certain things, you have to really understand a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I think then I usually I, I love and design for its simplicity, right? Then Chaka UI. Chaka UI is like most simple, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. If I just want to use like a reboot UI something. So it depends on the complexity, right? Like the some are the learning curve of some are more than the other. So if I'm, I want to advise someone to just kind of set up a project that there's not really more emphasis on certain things, like maybe you just want to set it up on bootstrap or to just show, like maybe you have an investor, you just want to show something up. There's probably maybe nothing like a, a established design system or so. If you just use like the simpler UI design, UI component library, I think it's kind of better. Just use it for certain functionalities and you're good to go. So there's a learning curve in them and I, I think this aspect, I'll probably use popularity vote. I'll just look at the ones that are more complex and then I'll pick the one that is easier to mm-hmm. use and use it. Yeah, so that's just, that's just it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that does make a lot of sense. And to me, what I always look for when I'm even considering any any such component libraries is just how much is going to make my life easier in terms of providing accessibility? Uh, because the functionalities are not that hard. It's just uh, accessibility. I think it's harder than the functionalities themselves, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I always think of things that are going to help me out on that. And it, also, they're not going to block the expansion of the app afterwards. Because a lot of UI libraries are simply just in English. And that's a problem because it generally happens that eventually you will want to support other languages in your application. And if SEO is important, you will want to have server-side rendering and stuff like that. So not all libraries check all those boxes. So because of that, that's what I was mentioning before. Like sometimes it's just easier for you to code it yourself because then whatever you choose to do internationalization, uh, you can rest assured that it's going to be the same way they're going to provide internationalization for that particular component. Otherwise, like eventually when you start doing internationalization, that particular library is going to handle internationalization differently. And then you have different ways of providing translation in different parts of your system. So that ends up overcomplicating things on the long term. In the short term, you do go faster. So it heavily depends because at the same time, if you think too much about the long term, then you you never get there, right? Because you, you over-engineer from the start. Mm-hmm. So uh, I agree that there's definitely a room for such libraries, but I would never choose a library that I know for sure is going to have problems with accessibility or internationalization later on. Like that to me would be not just a red flag, it would definitely be a blocker. Um, but other than that, if the library allows me to customize the visuals to my liking, to comply with the design that I have for my application, if it is accessible, it is 
used enough so that I know that it's not going to die overnight. And it provides internationalization ideally in a very flexible manner such that I can deal with internationalization in that library the same way that I deal with the rest of my system, then yeah, definitely. Yeah, Shelton, exactly. Accessibility is a very important stuff to consider, right? So I think for that, personally, I'll probably kind of give it to Chakari UI for accessibility. I think that's the one I, I really know that, yeah, like, I think I have, I've kind of, yeah, the kind of tick a lot of boxes on accessibility and design. I don't know, I think a bit, but personally, I, I, I kind of do it like Chakari UI mostly. But that, yeah, for internalization, yeah, well, you have to also consider um, the libraries, whether the library supports it or not. And like we said, most, most of the time, it's probably better to just code it yourself from scratch so that you can add those features. Because I think Matsuai also supports, like, can support that too. But I have not released it in detail, but I think it does in a way. But then I think from what you say, I think it's much easier and better to just develop it yourself since if you're having accessibility and internalization and as a concern for you. Yeah. Mm. I think that's just good. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh cool. So I think this kind of sums it up. I didn't mention too many of the libraries that I use because as I said, I don't use that many. It's just honestly mostly styled components and tailwind. Um but other than that not much. So these are the only two that I would recommend. And besides that, I don't think there's anything super valuable that we that we definitely need to mention in this topic. So I believe we, we can start wrapping up unless Chris or Peter, you guys have anything specific you'd like to mention? No, yeah, that's cool. Although I would like to just drop the link for Radix UI. Yeah, oh yeah, so. definitely. Definitely. I'm going to so, send it um, in. Yeah, so just to look at that, and probably something from the users kind of want to check out, you could check it out here. And also chat CN as well, since it uses it. Let me get that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'll drop the two that I mentioned, the two that I like. Okay. <laughs> nice. I'm sending those in the comment section, so if you want to check our content on YouTube or uh, Facebook, LinkedIn. We, we do streams of the podcast and then you can find those links in the comment section there. All right. Uh, so let's do a quick round of promos. So Chris, uh, anything you're working on you'd like to mention? Uh, I'm... Well, I, I don't really have anything to share. I, I think Peter saw it on LinkedIn, but uh, I'm building a way with AI to automate uh, my software courses. So you basically, the goal will be that you post in something like as simple as Markdown, and then you get like a, a, a automated vid video lesson out. But uh, that'll be yeah, probably unfortunately a month or two from now when I can finally have something to share. But uh, otherwise, I just invite people to check out the links that we're all posting. There's a lot of good good stuff I'm seeing in these links. So you are drinking the AI Kool-Aid. <laughs> not, not, it's a blend. 
it's a blend. I only I'm using a voice clone, and then the rest is actually like deterministic. I guess I'm using yeah, I am using it, but as a converter, like a translator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really cool stuff. I saw the uh, I think really really cool. Like I can't wait for you to kind of like bring, like like unveil the one that you're going to create with that. Yeah, <laughs> that's really awesome. Really awesome. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. I'll see. We'll see where it goes. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Peter? Yeah, yeah. So nothing on my end as well. I think it's just for the links I shared. I think people could check these libraries out and kind of use them and work with it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, well, in my case, just going to promote Envoid. So it's unvoid.com if you're interested in that. And basically, it offers uh, design and software development services in the most risk-free way possible. So uh, all the contracts are based on the laws of your state. That's the first. So a lot of companies, you have to agree with it, the contract being the laws of whatever the company is. In this case, it's going to be whatever the client is. So that already provides a ton of safety. On top of that, you can uh, hire Envoy task-based. So you're only paying after the tasks are delivered and approved by our team. So it really provides you with a ton of safety on top of a two-week money-back guarantee if you don't like what was provided during the first two weeks. So really, if you need help with designing our software, there are really no reasons for not to try out Envoy. So if you're interested in that, Envoy.com, highly recommend. Other than that, I think this is it. Guys, thank you so much. Have a lovely rest of the week and I'll see you in the next week.